This is not an expert podcast. I have crazy eyes. I guess that's what people would call it. Crazy eyes? Don't you think? You know, today though, my eyes would be crazy because I accidentally dropped hair dye directly into my eyeball. Oh, I thought it was bleach that you dropped in your eyeballs hair. Okay. It was a toner. So it's oh, ammonia. I mean, it's not awful. great. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not like a great thing that I dropped in my oh, eyeball. But man. yeah, I like, I closed my eye right before, but I had to like rinse it with cold water. And like, then I was like, mm, I'm just gonna... Mm. Just get a shower off. I'm going to call it quits. Like, <laughs> I don't need my hair tone that bad. Like, it'll um, be fine. I'm done for now. Yeah. <laughs> I decided I would revisit another time. I have a rough idea about how bleach pulls color out of your hair, but how does how does toner pull the orange out? It doesn't. Oh. It tones it. It lays it over to me. it. It covers it. So basically, the thing, bleach is unique in that it literally penetrates the hair shaft and pulls color out, removes color. Mm. All other hair dyes, semi-permanent, color, um, toner, sits on top of the hair shafts and covers what is it, like currently there. Mm. So toner basically takes the orange and covers it with a color that is opposite on the color wheel, which is purple or blue, essentially. Mm, I see. Um, so it covers it with that and therefore neutralizes it. So it doesn't ever pull it out as much as it does cover it in mm. a fairly non-traceable way. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That makes sense. Because I, after I came out the shower with the toner washed out, my hair was fucking stark white silver mm-hmm. like it was bright mm-hmm. and then the rest of my hair was like orange and yellow and but that like the top was just i was shook that my hair could turn that color it just is um again it just is covering the hair shaft that's also why like you guys can sit with hair color on your hair for however long especially like the ones i'm putting on you two mm-hmm. and i mean you as well but the color specifically not the toner because it's ammonia free it's vegan like it just has like oils and stuff in it and helps like restore those bonds in some ways. So it's not a bad thing to like sit for sit with it on your hair. I would never go so far as to say you should sleep with it in. Like I said, I know friends in like high school would do that and that never made sense to me. But once you have just color in, especially like Arctic Fox, overtone, like whatever. It's fine. Yeah, you have like a shell Yo, it's on straight your dry. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, you guys ever feel like, you know those like old school video games? Like maybe, I don't know what it is, but like those video games where like they let you design the characters and mm-hmm. your character like mm-hmm. runs with their head. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. Like I feel very top heavy right now. Your hair <laughs> is definitely like hard quaffed back. It's like old school gel. I feel like, I mean, like, I feel like, I mean, like the 1960s, like Italian mafia, like in Chicago or something. You're like heavily oiled hair. But part of the reason for that too is because your hair was thirsty. It was was needing a drink. It needed some loving. Yeah. So, um, I'm a huge fan of Overtone. Like they have not done me wrong. So I definitely like them. The only thing is like, I won't use them for Dev's hair. Uh, normally, or like Kevin's hair, just because one, it's not really necessary. Two, it's really expensive comparatively. Like I pay like thirty bucks a jar for these um, for overtone, and then I pay, but it's more permanent. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas for yours, it's semi-permanent, but it's like 10 bucks. And so it's like, Arctic Fox is still really, really good. They also have a great variety of like bright colors, but overtone is definitely what you need if you're like basically destroying the bonds in your hair. I think overtone is the best, (coughs) truthfully. I like it a lot. My hair thanks you for it. Yeah. Because it needed something. It'll be better. And I'll give you, again, I'll get you, like, a few masks and everything for, like, the next couple of weeks just to restore, like, your natural curl pattern. Because mm-hmm. I give it two weeks still, but this will help a lot in helping it bounce back, like, quicker. I'm a new e-boy. Just wait yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, make a whole it new happens. Instagram account. Hair goes through phases. Like, I get my hair permed and... That basically destroys all of the bonds in your hair and then rebuilds them um, without a specific protein. Mm Because the difference between curly hair and straight hair is like one protein. Um, And so, yeah, like I'm, I'm not saying that like I'm against destroying your hair. I just am also big on like building those bonds back up for y'all. Take care of your hair. Take care of yourself. And also, you guys can both use the same shampoo and conditioner that I use, and your hair would be so much happier. Both of your natural patterns would be a lot happier. Because mm-hmm. Dev and Michael both have um, curly to wavy hair, and so you guys could use the stuff that I use, mm-hmm. and your hairs would be living. They'd be quenched. They'd be living their living best the, lives. Yeah. All right, MMA. For real. For real. That's my professional advice. <laughs> On the other hand, my hair is thick and straight. Yeah. The stuff that you use, I mean, ultimately, I'm okay with it. I would prefer that you use it's still tea tree, but um, the stuff at Ulta as opposed to the OGX mm. whatnot. You remember the stuff at Ulta that I used to use? Like mm. the Paul Mitchell? Yeah. That was really, really good. I would prefer you use that, but yeah, I'm ultimately, not- I cut your hair so frequently yeah. that... It's not too, too bad. My hair grows fast. But it's for your scalp health just as much as it is for your hair health. Hard facts. Yeah. Especially doing things like putting bleach on your scalp um, is difficult because your scalp definitely shows the wear of it. You have more sensitive skin, which isn't a big deal. I mean, it's to be expected, but yeah, I definitely would rather you use that. You have to bleach out any brand mentions that I bring up. (laughs) Yeah, no. Could you Sounds imagine? like a lot of work. I need to. I think I have to buy the sample for the bleeping sound too. And it's a whole thing. Well, you, you can make your own beep. We got yeah. you. Beep. Boom. <laughs> Actually, that's what. Um. <laughs> speaking of another mention, that's what the beatbox channels do. Uh, Human beatbox uses like, at least they used to for some of their videos. They would use in their interviews with beatboxers where they would curse, they would use the beep, one of the beatboxers' signature sounds to bleep out the curse. Mm. So, like, Kenny Urban would, like, be talking and he would say fuck, but instead of fuck, it would be... Mm. And it's mm-hmm. like, just put that right over it. They do that for all of them. It was really cool. Uh, so we could each have one where it's just, like, some sound or word or phrase that you're doing. Mine is like just, jaboy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> It's shortened depending on how short the word is. So it could just be, it could just um, be jip. 
<laughs> I saw you uh, on Reddit today. Once you gave me that award, I went and hard snooped on your comments, and uh, you were in the r slash beatbox or whatever recommending a Tyler, certain Tyler's. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were like, he's super chill. Blah blah blah. Yeah, Tyler's cool. I, that's like the only yeah that's like the only comment i've made on reddit in like probably a year well i snooped and um definitely made one like 70 days ish ago i just Where? went through because i was curious um because i don't i don't remember i don't I'm either so, i think somebody I so did an avatar the last airbender reference and you were like or john mulaney reference and uh, you were like oh, oh you know what it. no it was um, the, oh hello Oh, that may have been what it was. I think I also commented on something recently where they were talking about a sign that was above like a, uh, a urinal or a toilet that said like, um, it, it was something along, I, I just responded with um, that I had also seen a sign that said, uh, we aim to please, so please aim. And that was like the, mm-hmm. yeah. I saw that too. Yeah. Um, so i've made it to the front page of reddit so don't be surprised if i um i'm so busy now uh with my you know speaking engagements my (laughs) guest hosting um Mm. that you know i don't have much time that's true i'm being followed by the paparazzi Mm. who would have thought the person in the house with the most karma was going to be the least indian of all of us (laughs) oh well um damn <laughs> damn Got him. um i don't know how michael's more indian than you yeah, but i guess he is i'm browner is that uh, that's a racist racist kevin right said right it oh. i'm just going uh, along with it no <laughs> <laughs> kevin's like cut cut this cut this <laughs> well you guys know me and my love for um chakras so chakras, chakras. <laughs> so that's a middle eastern type thing so I'm basically, well, I wouldn't say I'm basically Indian, but like I'm getting. You've had closer. Indian inside you. Yeah, I have. <laughs> Bound to come <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's this week's topic? Anyways, oh. I think this is as good a time as any, as we love to say wait. something really weird or off before we get into the topic. But uh, Megan said, wait, so I'm going to let her say her Oh, piece. I wanted to talk about uh, my post on r slash tattoos. If you're interested in my Aspen tattoo that we've been talking about, go ahead, give it a like, give it an upvote uh, on r slash tattoos. Uh, it's an Aspen uh, tree, and also you'll find my main Reddit profile, not my throwaway account, but my main Reddit profile. So fucking enjoy if you get that far. Nice. True, true. <laughs> Already giving the Reddit care. accounts out here. This is a big nice. thing. Um, listen. Megan says, please come find me. Locate me. Hunt <laughs> Locate me, down. me. Hunt me down. Treat me like your prey. Well, that's why I got mace coming in the mail. True. (laughs) Michael just uh, completed my order for some keychain mace because you never know. You never know. Life's out to get you. So sometimes you got to get life. Big facts. Sometimes you got to get life first. Sometimes you got to say, mm-mm. By the way, that's the most profound thing I'm going to say all day today. Mm, Fair enough. This is not an expert podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, welcome in. Uh, this week is going to be Michael's episode, as you could probably tell, because we go on a rotation system. And last week's was Megan's episode. So, please enlighten us on what we're going to be talking about today, Michael, because we all kind of know, but do we really? 
Do we really, I think, is a question that we should all ask ourselves every day. Do we really? Is this your topic? Just going to wake up and say, like, do we really? Do we really want to wake up? No. Then you go back to sleep. No. It's That's my topic. That's true. Is life no. better in dreams or is it better? Welcome to my TED Talk. In Welcome to my TED <laughs> Or is it better in video games? Michael, take it away. Yeah. So today I thought I would talk about... I wrote down arguably, but I actually don't know if it's arguable at all. One of like the one of the most influential gaming companies of all time, mm-hmm. uh, the one and only Nintendo. We've all heard of Nintendo. We all know. But Michael, what, what is, is Nintendo? To tell you what Nintendo is, I think you just really need to get a history of where it all began and how <laughs> it got to where we are today. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think this this is what's it's really important. I thought this was a really interesting topic to have today. Because today's the, what, the 26th of September? Uh, We are recording this on the 26th. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say this Wednesday, the September 23rd, was the 131st anniversary of Nintendo being founded. Which is incredible. But also, how did they have video games 131 years ago, Michael? How? Electricity was almost a thing. (laughs) (laughs) It was a brainchild. It was a concept of Nintendo that, it was exist- a concept. that existed 131 years I'll ago. I'll tell you right now, we're not getting, we're not going to start talking about electricity or video games for like the first 40 minutes of this talk. Mm, I'm here for it. Because like this company started out, it's totally different. But it was founded in 1889 uh, as Nintendo Karuta by a man named Fusujiro Yam- Yamauchi. Nice. Don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, Yama- I don't know if it's, uh, Yamauchi? Yamauchi? Yamauchi, Fusahiro Yamauchi. I think that's as good as it gets. That's true. That's, I will be saying it. Yamauchi a lot, so we're going Yamauchi. I think um, that's it. So if we're wrong, we're I'm, correcting I'm ourselves sorry. in advance. Yeah. You're also uh, silencing the J, and we don't know if that's the case either. I went, I'm going Hispanic on this. Okay. I thought it was... <laughs> I said Fus- Fusajiro at first. That's what I thought. Yeah. Fusajiro Yamauchi. Yamauchi. That seems fine. Let's go with it, yeah. But it was it was founded in a Kyoto, not Japan. Checking us, he's dead. Yeah, he, that's true. He died a long time ago, <laughs> uh, in Kyoto, Japan, in order to make a handcrafted hanafuda, which was basically it's a Japanese style of playing cards. Like when we think of playing cards today, we think of there's like there's the numbers and the colors and everything and the suits. Basically, what he did with hanafuda, hanafuda was um, he handmade them from mulberry and Mitsumata trees. Like he he carved the trees out like. Thinned them, made like painstakingly painted them, and he painted. That's amazing. It was like, damn. Who he did? He I did some work on these. Cards sell for so much on eBay. If you can <laughs> find an original like card from this, I wonder yeah. how much money. I that guarantee would be. you, it's in the thousands. So much yeah. money. Let's save up, you guys. <laughs> Let's do yeah, it. Let's and buy ourselves a deck. A <laughs> whole ass deck. <laughs> oh, oh my god, the deck was the deck was forty eight cards. Uh, it was divided in is twelve suits. One free a suit for each month. So instead of we have four oh, suits today, it was twelve suits for each month, and they had symbols like flowers, rain, animals, different kind, and then different oh, combinations. They're really pretty. We, yeah, we'll, we'll put images of like the cards on our Instagram profile, along with all the other stuff we haven't. Put along on our with all the other stuff. Yeah, but I this run our is, Instagram. Here's, and here's basically what they it's like. Slacking. Wow, those are pretty. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. Save that image. Maybe we'll remember. Yeah, this is this is what they look like for the most part. Um, but they there's there's a lot of different kinds of uh, Hanafuda cards. Uh, and basically, what Hanafuda like roughly translate to was flower cards. Mm. So that's why a lot of them were painted like very very beautifully, very like prettily, prettily. That's it's a word. definitely beautiful. Ornately. Ornately is yeah. what it means. Mm-hmm. 
and that's how that's how Nintendo all started. It was handmade Japanese playing cards, and he chose Nintendo because they're playing cards. It's like cards of like luck, skill. The kanji for the name Nintendo it like roughly translates. I've seen a few different translations to it, and I'll read off the two that I've seen the most. And one is in the end, it is in heaven's hand, and mm. then the other one is leave luck to the stars. Oh, I love okay. leave luck yeah, to the stars. Like, My next tattoo. That actually Ooh. sounds Trademark. like the same thing, yeah. to be honest. Like, it literally sounds like it ends up leading to the stars, the and but in and then and it's then, on Rainbow Road. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was just gonna. Oh say, my god! No, oh, don't take awesome. it from me. Don't fucking take it from me. I already got it. Damn, I'm, I'm already texting it right now. <laughs> I was gonna say you just get it in the Nintendo font with oh. a big red circle around it, like the Nintendo logo. Mm. I was researching this, and I saw someone had a tattoo of like Mario throughout the ages of like the oh, the eight bit cool. Mario to like. The the one nowadays From, and then like Mario so, Run or something. Yeah, shit. and then the last time it showed Stalin in a Mario outfit. Oh. <laughs> you have the history wow. of how Mario got his name in there. Yeah. Okay, then I'll leave it. Jumpman. There. But we'll get into Jumpman, that. Jumpman. His name was original name was Jumpman. Um, and he was right. named after. I'll tell you how. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. I just have that in my head. I don't written down, but I I know yeah. what what his name comes from. I read it recently on Reddit. Yeah, it's very yeah. interesting. But uh, the popularity of like his handmade playing cards grew so much. And this was such a big deal back in the days because Hana, Hanafuda back then, it was kind of illegal and ish banned by the Japanese government because it was mm-hmm. pertained to gambling because people used them oh, to gamble and everything. Sense. Except for his cards. Oh. Wow. Because his cards were like that well known and that rare. And like mm-hmm. they were they were like that handmade and special that they were like, yeah, you're good. Plus, these are like more like a work edition. of art. Yeah. Than, yeah. yeah. Plus, like you'll, I'll, I'll tell you why his cars were very were allowed to go on, but let me just say this the Yakuza was, was very involved. Yeah. <laughs> Yakuza was very involved mm-hmm. in this. Interesting. <laughs> Which blew me away. Um, but his, like, the popularity of like his art grew so much. He had to hire a small group of assistants to start mass producing these cards. Mm. So they were just going through the forest, chopping trees, making the cards. And, um, but you can probably make so many cards from one tree. Yeah. Like yeah, you need so to, many. you need to chop down one tree, like probably for every a tree, like 50 every two months. Cards <laughs> yeah. that you make, like you probably do not. It's not like they're yeah. part of the forestation battle. Yeah, no, or whatever. And they, like, like knowing knowing him, he probably had his own like garden, like forest in the back, but he was like replanting trees as he cut them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Minecraft. This is Minecraft. He was planting <laughs> shit as he's chopping. It's little bonsai trees <laughs> yeah. that he's making them out of. He'll get one <laughs> one set of trees in his lifetime. <laughs> yeah, no, they're for his grandkids and grandkids. Uh, of course, of course, mm-hmm. to pass down. But uh, despite like how popular his were his company was facing financial difficulties because he was just too good at making the cards like yeah. they were so they high were quality they took yeah. so long to make they were super high yeah, I said they were worth a lot high prices mm-hmm. so what he did he had a solution they Nintendo the company his company now is called straight Nintendo well it's not Nintendo Karuda started <laughs> manufacturing a cheaper and lower quality line of cards C- call it Nintendo drop the Karuda no, 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 Later. no. Nintendo comes in approximately 80 years. <laughs> it goes through a few name changes. But um, it was it was a lower quality line of cards called Tengu, which I looked up Tengu and it means it's like demon of light or something. Oh, shit. Nice. It's like what it, what Yo, it literally that's means. Oh, that's what I'm getting or like tattooed on demon me. Or demon, your friend of light. What? 
I'm friend of light. Well, no, now, now they all really know. Really outed my Reddit account. Wow, guess what they wouldn't have known that that was your Reddit account name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> whoops! It's also my account name on a lot of things, but whatever. So he made this lower quality line of cards, and then he expanded and opened up a new shop in Osaka, Japan, a different region, so he could grow his card empire. Is what I'm calling it now. They didn't call it that online, but I just like saying the word empire. Sometimes you got it. It just sounds Sometimes fancy. you got to call an empire an empire. It, that's very true. And then when he started expanding his shops, he started adding new symbols to his cards to grow like his own like Nintendo brand of cards. And he added like mountains, swords, uh, katanas, stuff like that. Well, katanas are just fancy swords when you think about it. Uh, when you really sit down and really have sit a down conversation and with yourself about katanas. Are we really? <laughs> Is the true They're question. They're just fancy swords. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was saying a few minutes ago, uh, the biggest reason for his card's popularity was the Yakuza. Mm. Um, what they would do is they would start using his Hanafuda cards because they were like the most artistic and most well-made cards in like the regions of Japan that the Yakuza mm. was in. They would use How do those you cards. shuffle wooden cards? I don't know. I guess they do. Like, they did like the old school shuffle, like an this. automatic shuffler. Put some batteries in that sucker, and <laughs> instead of batteries, it's just, they have someone in the back just on a bike. It's a hamster wheel. <laughs> it's a hamster, it's a hamster the whole time. <laughs> hamster powered cards. All right, shuffler. Coco. Time for you to get to work. Time for you to <laughs> time start. Time for you to get a yeah. job and pay your job, rent, Coco. Coco. By shuffling our our wooden cards. She says, "If you let me out, <laughs> if you let me escape, you know them." <laughs> so you said that cards weren't allowed because they were considered gambling. Yes. How were and then the previous were uh, were allowed because they were unique and famous. Then what about the cheaper ones? Why were they allowed? Still under the same umbrella. I'm gonna yeah, it's the same umbrella of the Nintendo Katura, mm-hmm. Nintendo Karuta company. I see. But okay. I I couldn't find many sources to back up. Well, I knew gambling was kind of like frowned upon back then by Japan, so they looked down upon people I mean, who did Yakuza. Gamble. Yeah. It's not and like they would give a fuck. They yeah. would probably just be like, oh, what? <laughs> no. And they, they were like, so the, 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 the Yakuza loved his cards. Well, yeah, I was like, say, they have should, professional The players. Yakuza would be like, hmm, should we add these cards to all of the illegal things that we're doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes? Okay. Like, they were already <laughs> doing, they weren't really concerned with what was legal. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure back then, the Yakuza, they were just in the government. They didn't care. Mm. Like, just like, Yakuza nowadays, they, it's more like business that they own, but like back then, they could do, like, they didn't give a fuck, dude. They yeah. didn't They didn't give a ya boy. They were, they were in there. <laughs> they didn't give a ya boy. <laughs> They were out there. And, like, the reason, like, his he grew so quickly is because they had professional players. They would want, like, fresh new decks every time they played a new game. Like, what the, what the shit is Could that? Could you imagine that exorbitant wealth? That's what people do with ex- exorbitant wealth is they're like, mm, I need a new set of cards every single time I play, which, by the way, is daily. Could you imagine, like, every time we, like, started a new game in Stardew Valley, fuck it, new computers... Let's go. Yeah, that's the <laughs> truth. Big truth. But not even new game, just new day. In yeah. Stardew Valley, we were like, mm, new computer. Sorry, new session. All right, everyone go to sleep. Next computer. Yeah. We just have a line of like 20 of them. Line them up. <laughs> we have an assembly line. People build them for us as like as we're ready for them. Got a little Chinese workers. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we, have, we have a bunch of, of Coco's building them. <laughs> it's just Coco. She's running inside it's to just help Coco. us. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's running between all four. Supplying her starting value. Honestly, I wouldn't put it past her. She's a sneaky bitch. That's true. I so, love her. <laughs> sneaky bitch. Love her. <laughs> but that's that's how we started in Japan. Uh, and then from then on, data from like like the Nintendo website from the company says they started Western style decks, which is what we more so know today of yeah. like cards. Ace two, yeah, three in yeah. 1902. But most every other document that I found not from the company showed them starting in like 1907. Mm. After the Russo Russo Japanese War between Russia and yeah. Japan over the Manchuria region and all that. Mm. I didn't know this war even happened. So I read it earlier. Yeah, <laughs> regular cards came in after that. Yeah, it was it was around that time. I'm sure they were where, popular in Russia, right? Yeah. Well, I think those those cards were already being made, but Nintendo joined in on the process I'm of making them. Yeah, I see. I see. That makes sense. So, because a lot of like Western influence started to come over slowly more yeah, and more, so we true. started to make more Western style cards for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was also made big made big problems for the company solely because after this war a lot of levies 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 were made and there's one called the playing card tax which i found hilarious that it's tax on playing cards so what he did to kind of play with this and counteract it to continue making money he entered into an agreement with the company called nihon senbai Mm -hmm. which was later named japan tobacco to start producing I see. And distributing his playing cards in their cigarette packs. Like when they sold cigarettes, he would they would sell cards too oh. and get advertisement that way. Which Oh, that's interesting. Genius advertising from back yeah. in the day. From a company that you know as today is like a children's company. To like just be yeah. like, fuck it, put it in the cigarette pack. But at that time, you know, kids were smoking cigarettes. They didn't know so, they were that for Japanese enough. kids. So that's all they did. Cigs. <laughs> Day in and day out, back mm-hmm. in the early 1900s. And then they go back kids. to their factory jobs and go, I'm too old for this shit at oh, 12 years yeah. old. <laughs> Big That's facts. True. This is all before the World Wars, by the way, so... Yeah, this is before World so War So Japan one, actually sure. wasn't... Well, I mean, they still were like an artistic, cultural center of the world, but they definitely weren't like this... Uh, Big industrialized cultural center of the world. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they they were not. So they definitely anywhere. needed the kids to help out. Yeah, they exactly. definitely had some kids exactly. in these factories working, without a doubt. They still do. Maybe that. Oh, maybe that was his <laughs> whole plan: put the playing cards in the cigarette packs, so the kids bought the cigarette mm-hmm. packs, found the playing cards, and then bought playing cards. Big brain theory. He's, right he's five head right here. Mm-hmm. Out here, I'm pulling out all the memes. <laughs> I mean, we already know it because it is Nintendo. You got to do what you can to survive, and they have. And they have survived. They have survived. Yeah. You don't get to be alive 131 years mm-hmm. without no reason. doing some shit. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. This was just the first of some shit that they did. Uh, th- I mean, that might have been like the worst, honestly. But we'll we'll get into that later. Um, around this time, uh, around this time, his daughter, uh, Fushijiro's daughter, yeah. Tei Yamauchi, uh, was married, was wed to a man named Sekirio Kaneda. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, Canada? Canada? We can call him Canada. Well, it says Canada. K-A-N-E-D-A. Oh. So, Canada, Canada, Canada. 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 I don't know. 
Um, and Fushijiro, he was getting old. He was like, he was in his 40s at this time, I think. And he was getting old. You know, pe- people died really early back then. Um, and he wanted to retire. Like, they died at like 50. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm oh, just letting you Do you, know. you have a cold? Dead. Yeah, it's literally bronchitis. Fuck out of here. <laughs> okay, so the sniffles. Bye. <laughs> oh, nice to know you, I guess. Uh, yeah, he was getting older and he wanted to retire from the company. But according to Japanese culture and tradition at the time, for Nintendo to continue as a company after his retirement, he had to give it to like a son. So he adopted his son-in-law, Sekiro Kaneda. So he can take over the business. So Sekiro Kaneda changed his name to Yamauchi and became the second president of Nintendo in 1929. And he just, he adopted like the largest card game company in all of Japan at the time. Like Mm. this kid was born in, well, this this guy, he was like 20. He was born into this, he was adopted into this family and he became the heir to the largest card game company. But how progressive as well. He also changed his last name to his wife's last name. Yeah. Yeah. Hell Yeah. She's out here living her best life. She's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to run this. Give me the money. I'm mm-hmm. fine. She's out here doing whatever she wants. I love it. I just thought it was really weird that I didn't read into like how the Japanese like culture and tradition stated this, but you have to like give it to like an heir of someone that's like related to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He couldn't just and you couldn't give it away to his daughter, which I thought was weird. But that's that's just how things were. Back I then. mean, that's, that's how about, things right. are at this very moment yeah. that we are living and breathing, unfortunately. Also very true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not much different than today. It's not correct, but it's definitely the way that things are. Mm-hmm. And then I think Fushijiro, he died like nine years later, and about mm-hmm. like it was like nineteen forty-ish. He died. Um, I think he just died of his old age. I didn't look this up because I didn't think it was important because this is about Nintendo. Well, not and about also the before industrialization, medicine is very hard to come by. Like. So for Japan, um, you know, them being kind of pre-industrialization, I imagine that people were dying a lot younger and mm-hmm. that like 49 would be kind of considered like old age. Like, yo, this dude is out here. Mm-hmm. Like he's Yeah, it's like, he's seen some shit. He's seen some <laughs> shit. What has he lived through? Um, but then when, when Sekirio took over, he changed the company a lot, actually, for like... Not to what we know as a Nintendo today, but to, he was really impactful for the growth of what Nintendo did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he established the company as a general partnership or joint venture, whatever it's called nowadays, as Yamauchi, Nintendo, and Company Limited. So it was wow. like Nintendo and them were the joint venture, mm-hmm. and they were like owners, and they like kind of separated themselves from the company mm-hmm. to have to grow into new markets is what mm-hmm. his whole plan was. Mm-hmm. And during those years... He strove to like make this company a lot more driven and efficient, whereas uh, Fushijiro was a lot more conservative, slow. Mm-hmm. And you'll see this is a continuing trend of presidents for Nintendo. They just try and be more aggressive with their marketing mm-hmm. than the, their previous successor. And uh, what Sekiro did is he introduced, mind-blowingly, an assembly line. Wow. There we go. Whoa. Yep. Boom. <laughs> this is in like it was. This is in the mid nineteen thirties, like right after. Ford did it in the, the 20s, teens, the 20s, 10s and 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like right after Ford did it. He was like, genius. Yeah, I'm gonna do that shit too. Started doing it. And then he he did he created like the business model of a hierarchy of management and they all competed with each other on performance. 
Wow. Classic. Like, wow. classic business model that mm-hmm. apparently wasn't in the company. He's like, this just makes sense. Make them perform better. Yeah. And uh, he just, he, he kept advancing the company in ways like this to try and create new products and everything. And um, that was, that was like the big thing that he did for the company was to grow them in this way to like produce more things more efficiently, more quickly, mm-hmm. and to actually have a culture of the company, of a company that wants to grow and compete in the world market. Well, and also like keep consistent quality because that's kind of the thing with like an assembly line is that it keeps the quality of the materials that you're making, but makes it so you can make them faster, mm-hmm. which is really, really valuable and not something you can do when you're hand painting every card yourself and refuse to let anybody else do it. You know, like, yeah. yeah. So he kind of helped a lot with the financial problems that they were Yeah, having. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the marriage between Securio, Securio? And T, Tay, T-E-I, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm going to say T. Uh, I didn't produce any male heirs. They just had a daughter named Kimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we planned on adopting. Her name was Kimmy. K-I-M-I. That's so cute. Kimmy. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, planned on, he planned on adopting his son-in-law, uh, mm. Shikanoji Inaba. Well, well that's what happened with him. Keeping the tradition going. So, yeah. yeah keeping the tradition going. But Kimmy and Shikanojo had a son. But when their son was five, Shika, Nojo, and Naba just abandoned their family and left. So Sekirio said, fuck you. And then he made his grandson, uh, Hiroshi, Hiroshi Yamauchi, who is, he's the president. He's the one that, that we knew. Yeah, he's knew. the one that we knew. Yeah. Hiroshi was the one that like people our yeah. age know as like yeah. the president of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. He made him the heir. Nice. Because, and he like uh, he literally Anaba was disowned. He's just he get, he gets no money from anything. He's gone. Yeah, well, he's dead absolutely. <laughs> if you're a deadbeat dad, yeah. see ya, bitch. Yeah. He's he's dead to the company. I found nothing on him after that. They said when the father ran out, he lost everything. And I was like, uh, yeah, right, where'd he go though? Pretty Japanese. <laughs> like yeah. where'd he go though? I don't know. He's somewhere. Um, he's dead to them. And this was like this was like the 30s and 40s. So then World War II hit. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. <laughs> amongst other things hitting Japan, <laughs> amongst yeah, other things hitting yeah. Japan, World War Two hit. Uh, and as you can guess, it had a slight negative impact on the company. <laughs> just a slight. <laughs> just just a slight one. <laughs> like apart from like the world, like, you know, hating you mm-hmm. and uh, half your country just got nuked. Um, Japanese authorities prohibit prohibited the diffusion of like foreign card games because I mean, foreigners kind of just nuked Japan. So they're like, we're not going to. Well, and additionally, if you can appreciate, like, other cultures, then you can kind of sympathize with them, and it makes it a lot harder to, like, paint them as the enemy. Yeah. Mm. So that was true. It was, it was a fun time for Nintendo because they, they put a lot into Western cards mm-hmm. at this time. Uh, and then a lot of their Japanese cards weren't selling as well because... Japanese society priority priorities kind of shifted mm-hmm. away from leisurely activities to more like rebuilding Japan, mm-hmm. uh, and the leisurely activities that they did, yeah, yeah were more so like a walk no, <laughs> instead of yeah. going somewhere. And that's why their life expectancy is now so much higher than anybody else's because they definitely prioritize like a healthy mind, spirit, and body. Yeah. Big facts. And 
that 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 kind of that, that hit them really hard. So Securio in 1947, a few years after the war ended, he established a distribution company separate from Nintendo, uh, Marafuku Company Limited, that would carry Western style playing cards to distribute. So it wasn't like the Japanese country that was like banned. Well, it wasn't the Japanese company that was banned from like producing these cards and like distributing them to Japan, but he distributed them elsewhere mm-hmm. to try and make money, to try and make ends meet because mm. no one was having a fun time. Yeah. Being a business owner at that point is very difficult. It's, uh, it's it hit, it hit everyone very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came back from it very well though. Um, in 1950, Securio, he was really old. He was, his health was declining. Uh, he gave his grandson Hiroshi the role of president and he took over. And his first role as president was to drastically change the entire culture of the company. Like, like I said, each successor wants to make yeah. everything more aggressive. This but not dude, necessarily. I wouldn't say more aggressive. I would say more progressive. More progressive. He wanted to be less conservative what, with. Yeah, because I mean, ultimately, like that's what we should really be aiming for. Each generation is supposed to be better. Than mm-hmm. the last. They're supposed to build on things that have happened before, but also be realistic about what the flaws are and then work to make something better. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely wouldn't say more aggressive as much as progressive. Yeah, and that's progressive what they're supposed to do. Tactics, that's what yeah. youth is like really, really great for is progressive ideas, being able to see pros and cons of a situation and come at it more unbiasedly instead of being like well i worked my whole life for this just being like well okay i haven't worked my whole life for this so i can kind of move away from the things that are less valuable and make it better and make it better yeah Yeah. like i'm not emotionally attached to this idea and so therefore i'm able to kind of unbiasedly move Mm -hmm. away from more negative aspects of what's happening and like he took the company in a way to grow with how the world was growing, mm-hmm. whereas how the company was, mm-hmm. they weren't growing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but one big thing he did was he changed the name of the companies. Uh, the, the main company went from Nintendo Karu- Karuta to Nintendo Playing Card Company, mm-hmm. which is a name that we all know. Yeah. And then the Maru- Marufuku Company adopted the name of Nintendo Karuta. Mm. Okay. So he basically put the old name on the distribution company, and then mm-hmm. the company that made the playing cards was now the playing card company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, really smart move. It is because it's also straightforward. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. have to yeah. wonder what they're doing. Playing True. cards are here. Yeah. <laughs> Distribution's here. Yeah. Very easy. Yep. I'm here for it. Uh, and then he centralized the production of all the playing cards in the Kyoto factories uh, because they were being made in both Kyoto and Osaka, and they weren't being made exactly the same. So he said, fuck that. They're all coming here, and we're going to make them in the same factories, so everything will be the same quality that we're sending out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just made the assembly line a little bit better, and he put it in the same spot. He, yeah, which, streamlining yeah. production. Mm-hmm. Which is really smart. Uh, and that whole thing led to an expansion of all the offices that they had in Kyoto and Osaka. So they moved the offices. They created a main headquarters in Kyoto uh, next to one of the major train tracks there. So now they're on a train track so they can easily distribute and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made a new line of plastic playing cards and they were very successful. Which, I mean, that, this dude, he's out here, he's been president yeah. for like a couple years and he's already made these changes. Mm-hmm. 
Unfortunately, these changes didn't sit well with a lot of the upper management. Mm. Of course, because they've spent their whole lives yeah. building something mm-hmm. different. So you guys want to guess what uh, what what uh, Hiroshi did? What he fired all of those. I was gonna say yeah, fuck them. Right. Oh yeah, good, good shit. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, just say bye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like oh, oh, you don't like it. Doors right there. I mean, there's <laughs> definitely a certain extent where you should try to work with people. And then beyond that, you don't have to agree, and they don't have to agree with you, but you can say bye. You're like, oh, it was so nice working with you. Get out. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) I know my dad liked you, but I'm not my dad. Different people. Mm -hmm. He dead now. I'm sorry, my grandpa. grandpa, I know my grandpa liked you, but I'm not my grandpa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Securio, he died of a stroke in like, I think it was 1952 mm. or 1951. Those are devastating. Yeah. yeah. My grandpa's had a few and they are, they take a toll for sure. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, Nintendo has run this way for, for multiple years. In 1959, he made a deal and an agreement that I didn't know happened, but makes total sense with what Nintendo did back then. He made an agreement with the one and only Walt fucking Disney. Mm-hmm. To incorporate like Walt Disney's animated characters in their playing cards. Wow, that's a good idea. Like, holy Think of shit. how many yeah. themed cards we have right now, like cards that aren't just the plain like bicycle company cards. So yeah. many. That's, that's a smart true. ass like, idea. Imagine just Disney playing cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. He did that agreement in 19, it was 1959, mm-hmm. and they they developed a, a distribution system to like offer their products in a bunch of in toy stores everywhere. And then mm-hmm. by 1961, they had sold like more than a, a 1.5 million like packs of cards, mm-hmm. and uh, they had a super high market share. And they started to rely a lot on like TV advertisement campaigns because TV had started to come out at this point, mm-hmm. uh, and it was big. It's when movies were a thing, mm-hmm. which leads to them going public on the stock market mm. which is fucking huge for a company to go mm-hmm. public they're not private anymore like they, they can sell their shares so what they did is uh they listed stock on the second section of the osaka and kyoto stock exchanges as well as just straight up renaming to nintendo yeah mm-hmm. good shit so they're not nintendo playing card company they're just nintendo now in 1963 uh, the company was doing super well economically. However, it started to rely a lot on the children's market because of their Disney products and their playing cards that they're doing and all those mm-hmm. other things. They're starting to make toys. You better hope those kids don't fucking grow up. I know, right? <laughs> you better hope they stay kids forever. And then the situation was kind of made worse because their adult uh, Hanafu- Hanafuda cards that they're making for like adult like playing cards adult gambling and everything Mm -hmm. those weren't selling really anymore because japanese culture they're gravitating towards other like late night activities and hobbies uh like pachinko drinking Drinking, yes (laughs) that's It it says it's i read nightly outings and i knew for a fact i've been drinking (laughs) bar hopping uh pachinko which if you've seen the price is right it's basically the original version of plinko it's pachinko it's gambling It's, it's, it's that and then bowling Apparently, bowling was really big back then. Speaking of which, though, I have been thinking we need to go out 
for bowling one night because we haven't been bowling together. Doesn't that seem that like a like, rite of passage shit, yeah. for us It together? sounds like a simple social distancing activity too. You just yeah. close the lane between yeah, each yeah, Let me stick people. my holes exactly. in the oh, same yeah. No, they sanitize. They do sanitize. They can sanitize. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Like I hope they do. Thing in the thing. They really yeah, they have a thing in the thing. Anyways. I'm really surprised you haven't been bowling yet. I know. Is that weird? But also, it seems like something easy enough to do safely. Right. Um, we can just we if if not, we can bring hand sanitizers and pour it into the holes. Mm-hmm. Facts. And, and then, then we can squish our <laughs> fingers. Yeah. In there. And then we'll just like we'll pull it back mm-hmm. to like eight, we'll, but then it's just gonna. We'll, we'll, we'll see who gets space. the highest score. I guess you could wear gloves while bowling too. That is an option. No, bowling That's gloves stop too. here. I thought. No, I'm not well, bowling just, gloves. But hypothetically, oh, yeah, like oh, you could. never mind. That makes a lot more sense. It seems like an easy enough social distancing activity. <laughs> we could try that. It'd be I like it. Continue. Um, oh yeah, and back to back to Disney and so bowling. Nintendo. Uh, bowling. <laughs> uh, soon their, their Disney card sales started to drop because you know kids were growing up and it was the '60s. Mm-hmm. Hippies were coming to a thing. People weren't talking about Disney anymore. They were talking about the war <laughs> yeah, in facts. Vietnam. Uh, so we, Hiroshi realized he needed to invest in other businesses. This is where some shit happened that I wasn't expecting him to have invested in. Um, between the years of 1963 and 1968, Nintendo or Hiroshi invested in a bunch of separate like, business ventures. None of them paid out, but like three that were ones that I saw the most and kind of like the most successful, even though they failed, mm-hmm. uh, were an instant rice company. Oh. Which I thought that's pretty smart. Instant rice. Yeah. Uncle Ben's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like Uncle Ben's and Zatarain's before they were a thing. But yeah. that, didn't, that didn't work out. They that's didn't sell crazy. well. Uh, a chain of love hotels. <laughs> where they would Sorry, sell. What do they do with these? Uh, love so basically, hotels. well, they were just hotels that they would rent the rooms by the hour instead of by the night. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. a thing that Hiroshi himself frequented a lot of them. And his wife knew about it. She just chose to ignore it. Sometimes you just gotta look the other way. If they're bringing enough money in, that is a personal choice, you know? You got your priorities, no judgments. I will say, yeah, I, like, he, he he became, like, a millionaire at this point, but I will say, when they came into this company, his wife was the rich one. Yeah. She invested a lot of money during the war during the war times, like her family did, to mm. keep the company afloat. Mm-hmm. And then when they got money, he's like, you know what? Love hotels. You know, and situations are probably more shades of gray than black and white. Me, personally, I mean, I walk away. I'm not saying that that's something that I would be morally conflicted on. However, if you have a lot of stake in this, like, I definitely can see it being more of, like, a layered situation True. than one that's just easy to walk away from, you yeah. know? Are you I mean, when he died, he was... No, well, listen, she's condo- well, she's doing what she's doing. I'm condoning the life that she wants to live. I don't give a fuck about that guy. I just care about his wife and the choices that she makes being her own personal choices. Yeah. I mean, I'll say when he died, I think he was like the 13th most most richest person in Japan Mm -hmm. and top 100 in the world, I think. Yeah. So I'm assuming she got some of that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure she got a lot of that. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, And then, oh, the the third service. A taxi service called Daya, which was his most successful, but he got into mm-hmm. an argument with the taxi unions because the unions, they want more money, they want better hours, and he said, nah, fuck you, and he left. That's interesting. That, that one was actually successful, but he just refused to pay the like the wages that they wanted. That stinks, So You would like to think that he would be a decent enough guy to comply with unions because unions uh-huh. are just out here looking for... I guess old school Looking Japan to help the little guy. Well, I'm sure present-day Japan is similar. 
Probably. Who knows? I mean, who knows? I don't want to speak from, like, a point of view that I don't know anything about. That's very true, yeah. Because I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know either. But those failures led him to basically increase investment in, like, Nintendo itself. So yeah. he increased investment in Nintendo's research and development department, mm. which was led and directed by a man named, I hate that they have the same first name, a man named Hiroshi Imanishi. Oh, that I'm is just going to call him Imanishi from now on. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and the original Hiroshi will be Yamauchi. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an employee that had a long history with other departments in the company. He'd been with uh, Yamauchi for a hot minute at this point. He wasn't one of the ones who got fired due to him not liking how things have changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they hired a man that I think we all should know, but I didn't know this guy's name until today, uh, Gunpei Yokoi, to be in charge of co- coordinating a bunch of various projects. This dude is very crucial to a lot of people's childhoods. Um, I'll just leave it at that, but I'll tell you what he made later. It's but Mario. He did. Not Mario, actually. Surprisingly, Mario Kart? He, he worked. He worked on the projects. Like he was over the projects that did Mario, mm-hmm. but he wasn't the person who like developed it. Mm-hmm. This dude made the Game Boy. Oh no. yeah, he's nice. the, he made the Game Boy. God damn. Yeah. Uh, like he had expertise and experience in manufacturing electronic devices. Uh, so you know, to put him in charge. Huge. Yes, mm-hmm. it was huge. 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 Even here, it still is. It's still huge. Yeah, Yamauchi put him in charge of the company's entire games department. And all of his products were going to mm. just be mass produced. Yeah. Like, that's how, like, this dude was on lock with yeah. stuff he was making. Uh, during this time, they built a new production plant just outside of Kyoto in a city called Uji City. Mm-hmm. And they started distributing a bunch of, like, classic tabletop games. Uh, a bunch of, like, Asian tabletop games like uh, Shogi, Go, Mahjong. Um, Shogi, I didn't understand it at all when I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Go is, like... It's like the old black and white chess boards with the big circle. It kind of seemed like pie show, but with a lot more things on the board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to explain it. I tried to read the rules. I didn't get it. No, Go is a very complicated game. <laughs> yeah. And chess. Because mm. yeah. everyone makes chess at that point. Um, and then they, they also started making a bunch of foreign games under the Nippon game brand. Which is interesting, because I think Nippon makes ramen and stuff now, also. Oh. I guess you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's the same company. Yeah, I think it's a conglomerate. Could mm-hmm. be. Um, but then the early 70s was a big moment in Nintendo's history, as they, repeased, they released Japan's very first electronic toy. Like, Japan's mm-hmm. first electronic toy ever made. The Nintendo Beam Gun. I know, right? Bean gun? Beam. Beam. Beam gun. Oh, like beam. It, shot, like, it shot a beam of light. It's a potato gun? It's, it, it's <laughs> kind of like a laser pointer, but in a gun form. <laughs> it's Man, nice. tell the cast about that. <laughs> it just shot a beam of light out. They'll go crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Crazy for it. Absolutely crazy. Uh, and then some other toys that they made were the Ultra Hand, which I looked it up. It's literally like, you know how when you see like... Those ex- extendo hands, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like the origin of the extendo hand. It's kind of mm-hmm. what it looks like. There's a there's a handle on this side that you squeeze, and then a hand on this side that you can play with. Oh. Mm-hmm. They they made that. The Ultra Machine, which over here was called the Slugger Mate, which was the origin, well, like, what they, the origin of them, the starting point of, like, batting batting machines. Mm-hmm. Like, uh. self-pitching machines. It'll throw a ball at you, and you can hit the ball oh, with the I bat. See, I that see. makes sense, yeah. It was like an automatic pitching machine. And then the Love Tester. Which oh, they marketed no. over here as a lie detector, mm. but it was it was two balls, two metal balls with a device in the middle that sent like jolts of electricity. Each person would hold the metal balls in their hand and then hold their partner's hand, 
and it will tell you on a scale from I think one to a hundred or one to ten, like how in love you guys were. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Not sure that it actually worked, but yeah. it seems interesting. They definitely <laughs> If put love out. could be measured by electricity, then maybe, I guess. <laughs> How much electrical charge was between y'all? <laughs> How staticky are you today? Have you been rubbing balloons on your head? A hundred. A hundred. pure love. <laughs> in love with balloons. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this, this growing demand for like new Nintendo products yet led Yamauchi to further expand their offices while Gunpei Yokoi, Yokoi and the rest of his department continued to develop like more innovative products for the company. They made something called the Laser Clay Shooting System in 1973, which it was, it was like a fancy, it was an old school skeet shooting game mm. where you had a gun that shot out a beam of light. There is an image projector. Sorry. <laughs> good. There is an image projector that detected the light that your gun shot out and if you hit a target or not, which became the new overnight thing that people did. What it took was it a called? Laser Clay Shooting System. And they released an arcade version of it called Wild Gunman. Yo, isn't that that game? <laughs> you similar. Shoot? It's kind of like Duck Hunt. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's, okay, it, it, okay. It's, it's very similar to Duck Hunt. I don't know if Duck Hunt... Duck Hunt was made by Nintendo, I think. I think Duck Hunt was just an electronic version of this. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. I see. But this became, like, the big thing in Japan. And instead of bowling, people would do this. That seems like Which, a very Japanese thing to yeah. do. I'm just saying, if you can take over bowling, you can take over anything. That's true. Because bowling... Bowling massive. still exists. Mm-hmm. Facts. <laughs> but yeah, the wild gunman was the same difference from that it was just exported over here to north america and europe mm -hmm. because wild gunman just sounds cooler to us than the laser clay shooting system yeah no, <laughs> if i'm being that honest means nothing. <laughs> you sold me a gun called wild gunman i'll probably play it sold me a game called laser clay shooting system it's sitting in my garage yeah, but if you were yeah. in japan that name might just be the best thing you've ever heard of yeah you know? like, I, I don't oh know how God, to say that laser clay we love that shit in kanji, that's probably called something totally different. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't look at mm -hmm. what it was in kanji, but it's probably a lot cooler. Okay. Um, but no, still, even with all the success that Nintendo was having with in Japan and then their slight ex success that was starting to become overseas in the Western countries, they were still a lot slower in production to their rival toy companies, Bandai, which is still a company to this day mm -hmm. that everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bandai Namco. Yeah. I think this is before Namco was involved. Probably. So, yeah. And uh, they were, their, their prices were a lot higher because they, they had to export everything. And then I think they just they used more higher quality stuff in their production. So everything they made was a lot more expensive. So what Yamauchi did was he was looking at other, other companies that were exporting games and making all those. He saw Atari's new like video game console that they just made. And he bought the distribution rights of the Magnavox Odyssey, mm -hmm. which was super old school video game console. Like, mm -hmm. I'd, 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 I've heard of Magnavox, and it's like, it's before Atari was a thing. Like, it was mm -hmm. like, I think you still had to hook it up to your PC to play it. Like, it wasn't like a video game console on its own. It was like still a thing that you hooked into the PC to play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. And then he he reached an agreement with Mitsubishi Electric to develop to develop a bunch of products, 
including the very first microprocessor for video game systems, which oh, I thought was yeah. very interesting. Oh, yeah, that's very cool. Uh, and then they also made the Color TV game system, which they released in Japan, which the success of that inspired the development and creation of the NES, which we all know and love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, if you look at the Color TV game, it looks like an old school NES. Like it's all, it's bright orange. You hook it up into mm. your TV. Uh, it's 16-bit games, and it has like the same like little controller, but it was all mm-hmm. in Japanese. So they just made another version with better graphics, better controls, and called it the NES and shipped it out. And that shit was a hit. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Um, that shows a lot of vision, though, to be able to see, like, this is definitely the way, like, games are going to go. And so I'm just going to buy up, like, a company that's going to be terminated by the release of the Atari. Like, they weren't going to survive that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so buy up those rights save that company, and get your hands on, like, I guess, get a foot in the door on, like, a futuristic type of... Technology. Technology, yeah. yeah. And they were, like, they were one of the first ones to, like, start researching things ahead of time, too. Mm -hmm. Instead of researching, like, what people are doing now, they're, like, what can we do Mm -hmm. with this in the future? What can be done? Damn. Which is why a lot of things They got their foot in the door. Which was smart, because then they didn't have to start from the ground up and be like, how do we even start making something that works? They bought something that works, mm-hmm. and they said, let's make it better, and then yeah, exactly. continue and to make it, it better. Yeah. yeah, that's very smart. And Hiroshi popped off. like he, he Well, that's he like a, what I would expect from a CEO. Like, It's just to be able to be a little bit visionary and be like, hey, this is definitely something that I believe is going to be more popular, so let's capitalize on this moment before it's something you know, super big, and then go forward and see what we can get from there. Right. And I think that's the reason why Nintendo is so successful Mm -hmm. today is because they got in when it was still new, and they were the big one when it was still new, and they didn't give up. Like, they didn't go, okay, we're big now. Yeah. They just kept kept making new things. Well, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, even if you look at the Switch, there's nothing like the Switch. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like the Switch. That's true. Even, like, the Wii. The Wii, Mm -hmm. yeah, everyone's like, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. PS Vita. <laughs> that never existed. Uh, <laughs> it definitely did not. I, don't know. Yeah. I just made up you that name actually. Uh, yeah. PSP, the what? The what is that? <laughs> That's not a thing. Um, no, but like even now, you know, like the Switch, there really is nothing like the Switch, and it's got great graphics. Yeah. It's running similar games, and like when I first saw the commercial for the Switch, I was like, oh, this is gonna be dumb. And then literally I, we now have two and I am thinking about getting us four because every TV, so that way we all have have one because we love it so much. It's so like, I thought the same thing. I thought I was like Mm -hmm. the switch. I saw the thing and I was like, this is stupid. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the stupidest thing they've ever made. And then it came out and I was like, all right, this is fun. Yeah. This is really cool. The switch light, however, might be the stupidest thing they've ever made, but I know a lot of people that prefer the light for handheld gaming over the Switch. Interesting. Because it really, they said, like, it really is, like, lighter, it feels more portable, like, and if you're not going to plug it into a TV, then it's definitely preferred. But for me, I mean, I interchange all the time, so. Mm, That's fair. Yeah. That is understandable. That is understandable. But now we're into the video game territory of Nintendo, where they started Mm -hmm. making video games. Um... And the next game that they released, I actually didn't know it was a game. I just knew it was a character from Super Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 
1979, they opened a North American subsidiary in New York City, a Nintendo company over here. Mm -hmm. They have Nintendos all over the world now, like headquarters. Um, And they released their very first handheld video video game system called the Game & Watch. Oh, interesting. Oh! Like the character Mr. Game & Watch from Super Smash Bros., I thought that was just like, I was like, okay, that's cool. I didn't know. It was like, that was their first handheld game system. Mm, they that's ever interesting. Made. That's crazy. I had no idea. And uh, it was made by our boy Gunpei Yokoi. Mm-hmm. He was sitting at a train station waiting on a train. He saw a businessman being bored, like doing a random crap on his calculator, like just doing like, you know how like mm. when, you, when you're a kitty typing like 8008 turn upside down, it says boob. He was it just says doing... boob. Oh, wait, you didn't put the five in there. But yeah. yeah. You can put the, the, the five three one and then his boobies. Mm, he was mm-hmm. just doing like stupid stuff with his calculator, playing with it. And Yokoi mm-hmm. was like, "We can do something with this and make a game." So he yeah. he took the that portable calculator technology and like mm-hmm. made video games off. They were all like eight bit video games, but that was like the first handheld game system made by Nintendo. That's awesome. Which was just him seeing a bored businessman. And he was like, "We can capitalize on this." Mm. That's that's how you make yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, that's, that's how you interact. That's visionary. You see a problem. He saw a problem. Address it. Yo, I'll solve it. Mm-hmm. Ice, ice, baby. Well, and at that point, like nobody had even really thought of that as yeah. like a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, but seeing like a gap where you could fill, like, propose a solution, even to something that traditionally people wouldn't think of as like a problem. That's it. I mean, I agree with you guys. That's definitely very visionary. That's that's super interesting. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just love that that's how they started with handheld systems. Because mm-hmm. they, they, were, they were a straight console company until then. And he saw them mm-hmm. he was like, let's do this. Sure. We, can, we can fill this out. Um, and now we're going to get into... Well, two years later, they released the game that made their, their logo. Uh, they released Donkey Kong in 1981... As an arcade game, because mm. they they started making arcade games too. Because yeah. it's all consoles mm-hmm. and arcade games were the thing to do in mm-hmm. these days. Um, and it was one of the first video games that actually allowed the player character to jump. So that was that was a big deal back in the day. Like Whoa. you can like, oh my god, my guy can jump. There's barrels. That's why. That's why. Like nowadays, like this is such an easy game. But back then, no one knew how to jump. They're like, what the fuck yeah, is what this? Yeah, what the fuck is jumping? <laughs> how do I get around this? <laughs> um, and the main character which they called Jumpman, would go on to become Nintendo's official mascot, Mario. Hmm. And if you want to know how Mario, the name, was made, Mario was the landlord of their office in Seattle, Hmm. and they named it after him. I didn't get into details specifics. I think Kevin actually knows more specifics. The details is that they were, like, behind on rent or something like that, and this guy uh, was, like, instead of kicking them out, was, like, super chill about it, gave them plenty of time to, like, pay it back later uh, for, like, multiple months. And so they named uh, a video game character after him, Mario, and then that wound up blowing up. Being the Mario. And now Mario is the Mario. Yeah. (laughs) It's probably one of the most popular, like, I would say Mario and Mickey Mouse are, like, the two iconic like worldwide you ask yeah. anybody from any place who this is they'll know and yeah they'll know. that's true what if, yeah that's a yeah. that's how you pay homage to somebody right there mm-hmm. like i don't think they blow up the way it did but that dude yeah. he's out there he's like that's me mm-hmm. that's me right there <laughs> or he's dead one or the true. other 
Yeah. <laughs> but we before don't know, he died, so let's live in Before ignorance. he died, he was like, that's me. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, and then in 1983, it was a, there was a giant video game crash in America. Because mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of third-party manufacturers and companies were creating super low-quality games. Uh, they were copying a lot of consoles that were out. And they were just like... There were so many... There was such a flood and surplus of consoles and games on the market that are just straight mm-hmm. up crashed. Because mm-hmm. they were like... Like there's there's like, uh, what do you call it? Demand and supply. Demand and supply. The supply was significantly greater than the demand. Mm-hmm. So no one wanted to buy anything. So what Nintendo did to make sure that their stuff wasn't getting taken over by these third party people and everything, they created a uh, a lockout chip, which gave them control over what games were being published. Whereas like so third party games weren't able to be played on their consoles. Like they mm-hmm. had certain chips in like in their little game devices that didn't allow third party games to be played on them which that's revolutionary yeah yeah. security pins security (laughs) pins were only recent like more or less recently used by like phone companies like cell phone companies Mm. iphone didn't implement security chips into their charging cables until like 2010 like may, maybe a little after actually no it's more like 2013 but still mm-hmm. like ridiculous that, that's, is, su- yeah. that's such revolutionary technology for the time and this was so long ago yeah and this this kind of led to them being being able and being free to release the nes in north america in 1985 without the fear of all these third-party games with their landmark title games that we all know super mario bros and the legend of zelda uh Big facts. Which were the two Ooh, big games nice. that they came yeah, out with. Yeah, they were. Um, I mean, from here on out, I didn't want to get into like the modern era of video games. I have some other consoles written down that we all know. Like the Game Boy came out in 1989. It was mm-hmm. it was the design developed by uh, Gunpei Yokoi. Um, game Boy Pocket. The Game Boy Pocket. I don't I don't know when that came out, but that came out later. My I thought that was what the original had, one was. was the my stepdad had the or has the like og game boy like before game boy color he has it like in a box the gray mm-hmm. one yeah that, that the looks gray super one. cool mm-hmm. and it looks super big it looks it's like a, huge. a brick a i saw it when i was Did a y'all kid have an nes mm-hmm. when was that released <clears throat> when was uh, the nes was 1985 in north america the n64 that i grew up with is the one that we have right there that was 1996 um, mm-hmm. um that's the one that like literally i've had that one since i was a kid um, so we have that. And then my Game Boy Color, I lost. And I don't know what happened to my Game Boy Advance SP. That one mysteriously Probably disappeared. They, it was famous for breaking on the hinges. Pancake stole it. Mine, I had it for so long, though, that I just, I don't mm. know. I won't air my suspicions <laughs> here on our yeah. podcast, but I'm <laughs> suspicious of my whole family. <laughs> I think there's a big cover-up going on. <laughs> yeah. I got one. I got those uh, those games that were just the episodes of TV shows, and oh. we'll watch them over and over and over again. And I think my family conspired to cover it up. They were like, Mm-mm, "We are so <laughs> tired of this SpongeBob episode. No fucking more." It's like buried in the backyard. Yeah, somewhere. exactly. They had to like resurrect it. They could have just taken away the game, but you know. No, they got rid knows? of the whole system. Who knows? Anyways, I'm very suspicious of my family. Oh, so yeah, I think the only the only really big thing that I had left to talk about was the N64 and then kind mm. of the creation of the GameCube. 
which is a really short thing. Is the N64 kind of revolutionized revolutionized how consoles were made because uh, it was technology developed by Toshiba and Sharp. Oh, um, I think Sharp does. They do a lot of DVD players, Blu-ray players nowadays, mm-hmm. TV stuff like that. Um, but it was one of the first consoles that had 64-bit architecture, which mm-hmm. is why it was called the N64. The NES, I think, had 16-bit architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, which that just means there's so much more memory that the game can handle. Yeah. That's like, I, I know all of you know, but I, don't, I know our listeners won't know. Um, yeah, you dumb listeners. <laughs> Listen to Michael. I, okay, I'll say thing. this. I think most everyone here knows more about <laughs> architecture than I do. No, so. no, 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 no. Um, and the N64 is widely considered probably one of, if not the most recognizable console in video game history. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, probably. It looks very distinct. Mm-hmm. You know, you you know the uh, controller. The controller. I, I, and I can't, blowing I don't really... on the cartridges. Yeah, that, that's like such an iconic thing that like my sister and I would do that all the time. And then now the fact that that like specific action has been like has become kind of like a meme is so funny to me. Like, have you tried blowing on the console or the cartridges of your life and then putting them back in? <laughs> Like, having a tough time, just blow on the cartridges. I see that with DVDs if they don't work. Yeah, like, you just never know. Sometimes I do that. I would do that with my Game Boy games sometimes. Like, it was just something that carried over so naturally as an instinct to try if, like, turning it off and turning it back on again doesn't help. Just blow on the cartridge. Just blow on it, yeah. Yeah. Your computer's not working? Did you turn it on and off again? Okay, now try blowing on it. (laughs) Just give it a little air kiss. Um, And then the GameCube... That, that was a big deal for Nintendo solely because when the PS2 was like released and announced, uh, Nintendo entered an agreement with Panasonic and IBM, which like Nintendo's getting into agreements with, like all these big ass companies yeah. to like, create these, these things. Back backroom deals. Yeah. Like, it seems like they were like pretty pioneering in like video game like at least stuff you know they did so least, much behind the scenes that like you yeah. don't realize like there's a lot of stuff they did that like I didn't write down that I saw and I was like. I don't have time to talk yeah. about this. They probably yeah. held a lot of like the IP for like video game consoles at that time too. So companies were probably like forced to work with them too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's why Nintendo's like huge. They, yeah. they they just control the video game market for the most part. Like I know yeah. like Sony and Microsoft are trying to get in. Don't They'll never be as big as Nintendo. Don't think well, like but the the, that being said, the PS2 is the highest selling console of all really? time. Really? True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. PS2 is beautiful. Really far down. Um, So Nintendo doesn't even come into play, I think, until like eight or nine. Which is a bummer, but ultimately, I mean, like, I think of like the fondest consoles I've had my whole life. It's definitely still always Nintendo. Like, Nintendo. But also, like, Sony and Microsoft make consoles that feels like more for adults, whereas Nintendo always made things for kids in a mm. good way like they were the only ones thinking about like what would be fun for a kid to play what yeah. would be fun yeah. like um super smash bros what would be fun for a large like sleepover for kids mario you know party. like mario party mario, mario party, party. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know like what would be l- good for large groups of people and like would be just fun games and that like is something that nobody else was thinking of at the yeah. time they definitely yeah. had a market like, i definitely lied do. by the way uh microsoft comes in later um, the f- top three are all PlayStations. PlayStation 2, then 4, then the original. And then number four is the Wii. 
Mm. Uh, five is PlayStation 3. Six is Xbox 360. Seven is the NES. Eight is the Switch. Nine is the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, so Super NES. Okay. And then 10 is the Xbox One. Well, and to be fair, like the Wii, it, the time it came out, and also even since then, nothing has been like the Wii. Yeah. And it, that um, little bar that they did to make it so oh. like... Yeah, like Xbox did the Kinect, I think. The Kinect wasn't the same. But it wasn't as good, and like everybody already had the attachment with the Wii, so they mm, didn't yeah. need it with the Xbox. And like... That was that such was a, a revolutionary. revolutionary Nobody that else was, was giving you like motion censored controls no, that yeah. was based on the way that you mm-hmm. moved. The Wii came of, out like, around the same time that Xbox Connect came out, um, but Connect was a little after the Wii, and it wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. had a lot. But of Just problems. Dance got huge. So. I had the Connect, yeah. and it was a game. Yeah, I definitely a wasn't yeah. a fan of it. <laughs> Wii though, and then the when they came out with the Wii and like the stuff that the Wii automatically like had with it, like the mm-hmm. Wii Sports shit. Mm-hmm. The, oh the my Wii god, Wii Sports. Was my Do y'all remember the hit. additional attachment to the remotes that yes. they came up with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, made it even better. They call them the nunchucks. Yeah, yeah, the, the nunchucks. nunchucks, and then you had like the gun one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly. There's nothing like the Wii. There the Wii still was wasn't anything like the yeah. Wii. And that's the way I feel about the Switch. There's nothing like a Switch. There still isn't anything. The Switch is insane. Uh, and it, I mean, just the idea of being able to take your console that you play at home on the go is something that is so minor but yeah. so revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And then they came out with, this is lesser known, but they came out with a Nintendo Labo. And I'm going to keep this as simple as I can. But it's basically just cardboard constructs that you can create, like build yourself put the Joy-Cons in different parts of them and then have different things that you can do with them. But it makes like a 3D experience kind of as well, like which yeah. is really, really cool. There's tons of stuff. They they utilize so many things that you don't even realize about the Joy-Con. The Joy-Con has an in, uh, internal uh, gyroscope that they utilize really heavily. They utilize the um, the vibration uh, of the Joy-Con. So like how they've always had like rumble and different types of uh, Nintendo uh, controllers. The Joy-Cons have uh, vibration patterns that aren't static, so they're dynamic. And so whenever you, um, they, there's one of the things that you can build, it's a piano. And so when you, you can play the piano and it'll make notes on the Switch, but there's a setting that you can say, oh, I want it to make uh, notes on the Joy-Con. And so it will vibrate at different frequencies to create the notes from the actual Joy-Con itself. Mm. Like so That's much revolutionary so shit. Yeah. They That's marketed so cool. it in such a weird and interesting way that isn't going to get popular, but it, it made me realize that the limits of the Switch are so beyond what we are mm. going to be ever taking advantage yeah. of. Like, also, um, yeah, the Rumble Pack was Nintendo's thing, too. They yeah. made that the Legend year after Zelda? N64. Oh. Like, straight up uses probably Switch, like, the most. It pushes the Switch to what it was meant to do. Like, because it has everything wild. in yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it does I so much. Really Y'all remember Wii U? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the that dark was, days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that but was I a rough never, one. I never had Wii U. I, I didn't even oh, know Wii U. Like... It was a mix. It was like what well, you would expect a predecessor to the Switch, mm. and then like after the Wii. Like it they was were like, it had the little tablet that you could hook up to the TV, yeah. but it didn't have detachable controllers or anything yeah. like that. So honestly, the Switch, I again when I first saw the, and it's not even that I really thought like that it was gonna be stupid. I just was like, when am I ever gonna want yeah. to do that? Like, when am I gonna want to go from the TV to the console to the tv to like handheld like and i do it 
all the time. Like, even, like, I'll be playing, you know, whatever Stardew Valley, like, up in bed, and then I'll just come down and, like, plug it in the TV and play on the TV. Like, Mm -hmm. I do it all the time just because I can. Or, like, we go on a road trip and I can play. I don't know. I just think, like, it just seemed like it was going to be something so not, like, important, and then it turned out to be revolutionary, especially, like, for us who did grow up with, like, Game Boys and handheld games Mm -hmm. it makes a huge difference like could you imagine Mm -hmm. i would have loved to be able to like plug um my you know pokemon sapphire into my tv and like you know yeah like They, they even had an attachment i don't know if you guys remember this they had an attachment on the game boy color and the game boy advance and actually the game boy sp might have been the the one that it came out on that it was a fucking magnifying glass that you could flip over the screen to make the screen look bigger. Mm-hmm. I had that. It had lights on the side, too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I used that for dark like dark car rides. I'd be in the, the back of the car just... See, I never had an advance. I went straight from an or straight from a color to an SP because my sister had the advance and I just kept playing on the color. And then, like, I got the SP, but she had to keep the advance. So that's, like, kind of the trade-off that mm-hmm. I got the newer one. Yeah. And then she kept the older one. I'm but. sure we're going to continue talking about this past when the podcast oh, is sorry. done recording because <laughs> this is it was an incredibly interesting topic, Michael. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. It sparks a lot of really fun, awesome conversation. I want to hit some nostalgia for everyone, you know. Yeah, especially in a house of like video game lovers, we all love different games, but we can all relate to mm-hmm. like Nintendo being a part of our childhood and our lives now, even. And I definitely learned about how. Revolutionary, aside from being iconic, how revolutionary and visionary Nintendo has been since their inception, pretty much, yeah. uh, and how they continue to be. So that's really cool. Next time, how Sony ripped off Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> how all the other companies are inferior. <laughs> I like it. Well, that's the thing. People are always like, Xbox or PlayStation. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, honestly, like, I use my Switch more than either yeah, one of those. Yeah. Like, we have them, but. I mean, why not both? True. Why not both? Porque Porque no los dos. (laughs) Boom. Boom. Okay, well, anyways, thank you everybody for listening. Um, It's been real. Uh, I hope you enjoyed learning about uh, consoles that were a part of all of our childhoods. If it wasn't a part of your childhood, make it a part of your adulthood. Make it a part of your life now. It's worth it. Get a Switch. Um, This has been Non Expert. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. And vote. Yay. <laughs> um, That's the GameCube yeah, outro. We, I it's said it. vote yeah. one time this episode. Yeah. yeah. I know. I was, I was like, 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 I was